You are listening to the audio portion of the QB Power Hour webinar series. The QB Power Hour is a free bi-weekly webinar series for accounting professionals presented by Michelle Long and Dan DeLong, who are very passionate about the industry, QuickBooks, and apps that integrate with QuickBooks. You can find out all the details about the webinar series at qbpowerhour.com. So without further ado, here's Michelle and Dan. Well, welcome to another uh, QuickBooks Power Hour. Uh, today, we'll, normally what, what Michelle and I do at near the end of the year is we, we talk a lot about uh, the year-end um, year-end activities uh, because, you know, the year-end happens every year. Um, and we normally have, uh, you know, like a high-level year-end uh, type of thing. But, but this time, we wanted to actually dive into one of the the, the year-end activities and, and uh, that, that accountants, bookkeepers, accounting professionals will do. And we're going to be talking about fixed asset management, right? So the, the edge of your seat uh, mm-hmm. that, you'll, <laughs> that you'll need here. Um, you know, this is like uh, as, as exciting as sales tax, right? <laughs> uh, but we'll be talking about, you know, uh, fixed asset management in, in QuickBooks. And we brought a, brought a guest uh, to talk about that. So, uh, Michelle, introduce yourselves. Hey, everybody. I'm Michelle Long, CPA with the NBA and Entrepreneurship, owner of Long for Success. Very glad to have you all joining us. Um, that's enough. Go ahead, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> enough of you. <laughs> Uh, Dan DeLong, owner of Dan With, worked at Intuit for uh, nearly 18 years, co-host today, also doing the uh, workshop uh, Wednesday duties over at schoolofbookkeeping.com. And uh, today we have uh, Ash joining us. Uh, so Ash, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, hi, Dan. Hi, everyone. Yeah, th- thanks for having me on. Um, so I've worked in lots of different bookkeeping and accounting roles over the years. I've been a member of the UK Trainer Writer Network for Intuit since 2014, training all the accountants and bookkeepers over here. I was actually somehow on the top 100 list in 2021. I'm not sure how that happened. Uh, I wrote, <laughs> uh, wrote a, a little book on um, uh, QuickBooks at the end of last year, and I'm the co-founder of NetTracker, that does all the fixed asset stuff. Perfect. Well, thanks for joining us uh, today because, uh, boy, we need all the help we can get uh, because, uh, Michelle, you, you do these kind of year-end activities with uh, calculating depreciation and, and those types of things with fixed assets? I do not. That's usually under the tax <laughs> purview, um, but it is a challenge. I mean, you know, Dan, you know, you and I talked about that at Scaling New Heights when we, we ran into Ash and met him there was, you know, that's one area where there is a big hole is doing this kind of things. It's usually done in the tax software um, because there's not something in the QuickBooks realm. So very glad to have you joining us today, Ash, because this is where there's a big hole um, in this area. That's a pleasure. So a little bit about uh, I'm throwing the uh, slides. Uh, people are asking in the in the chat uh, to make sure where the handouts are. It's all on our website. Uh, so a little bit about uh, the QB uh, Power Hour. If you're just joining us for the first time, it's every other Tuesday uh, at noon Eastern. Uh, and as I travel around the country, I am uh, always a little challenged as to what time that actually is on the clock. Uh, but always check our website for uh, for upcoming events. Uh, one of the things I think we're uh, we're starting to schedule out some of the things for the for the new year. I think we have some uh, really cool uh, topics, um, you know, coming in uh, in January in the coming months. So go ahead and check the check the website because we'll put those uh, there. They have a tendency to to switch topics, so always take a take a look at the website for uh, for a topic of your 
that appeals to you. Uh, the slides and the PDFs are, are all on the, the resources there. Um, and as uh, Keith uh, pointed out, I did not put it up to OneDrive, so uh, I will do that uh, by the end of the day uh, for today. But the slides are available on the landing page for today's uh, QB Power Hour uh, once, once we have the uh, video replay and the podcast, but the handouts uh, are all there. A little bit of the housekeeping. If you do have uh, questions about the topic that we're talking about here today, uh, please put them in the Q&A. Uh, that way we can capture them. If we do need to follow up, uh, we, can, we can shoot you a quick email. Uh, comments as, uh, as, as you're putting them in the chat, um, go ahead and um, you know, put them in there. Um, you know, if you have any comments about my haircut or um, <laughs> the classes I'm wearing or anything like that, that's a great place for that kind of thing. Um, and then, of course, we always have the, the handouts and the, the webinar archive on the website. Uh, so our agenda today, uh, we'll be talking about fixed assets in QuickBooks Desktop. Hey, we actually have a topic where we talk about desktop uh, these days. Uh, we'll talk about the fixed asset list and the manager that's in uh, inside of QuickBooks Desktop. And then we'll talk uh, switch gears and go into QuickBooks Online with regards to fixed assets, what you can do in fixed assets there. Uh, we will um, soon realize that there's very little to talk about uh, in QuickBooks Online when it comes to fixed assets. And that's why we have Ash joining us here with uh, NetTracker because he's uh, come up with a solution uh, to be able to help uh, help accounting professionals in QuickBooks Online when it comes to fixed assets. Uh, so let's launch our first poll. Uh, what version of QuickBooks are you using? Uh, so go ahead and uh, answer that because we like to kind of tailor the, the conversation to based off of the, the audience, whether it's uh, QuickBooks Online heavy or desktop or both. Um, okay, so I, I rambled on there for about <laughs> good good time there. Uh, Michelle, um, so you were saying that uh, you, you don't really do the, the, the depreciation uh, aspect of, of that. Um, any other things that you, you kind of shy away from um, with, with regards to the, the year-end activity? Well, you know, but going back to the fixed assets and everything, and I know you're going to be talking about the fixed asset manager and everything. And, you know, that is one thing that with desktop, it was pretty cool. And, you know, it was there and everything. But even then, I really didn't use it much because the tax prep software really had the good fixed asset managers in it. And a lot of times, whoever's doing the tax return would do the tax or the uh, fixed assets as, along with all the depreciation schedules and everything. And because I didn't do taxes, I would always just get the depreciation from them. And they would run the depreciation schedules. And then I would just book the recurring journal entries to happen throughout the year. So I didn't take control of that. But you know, a lot of accounting professionals do. Um, and that's, we were chatting in the, you know, in the chat room that that's something that is definitely missing in QuickBooks Online. You know, there's just nothing there. You know, you can set up right. accounts, but that's it. You know, there's yeah. a big gap. There. <laughs> yeah, that's about, that's about all we're we, we talking about when we talk about uh, what you yes. can do in, inside <laughs> of QBO. All and <laughs> and, uh, and it, I'm so glad that, that I bumped into to Ash to really learn about his, uh, his solution because, it really is a need uh, for uh, for that uh, when you're when you have QBO clients, um, and we'll we'll definitely want to dive a little deeper into into what he has to has to offer there. Yep. Uh, so let me go ahead and uh, close out on the poll here, and if I can actually click the button, and it looks like uh, both is uh, is fifty percent. That's typically our 
um, our, our cross section here, but uh, followed closely by uh, QBO. All right, so let's uh, talk about a little bit about uh, depreciating fixed assets in, in QuickBooks Desktop. Um, there is a fixed asset manager, and we'll talk a little bit about that in uh, in QuickBooks Desktop. It is available in uh, Premier Accountant Edition. Um, so all of you uh, Desktop Pro advisors, you have access to that. Uh, all enterprise versions, silver, gold, and platinum, um, all the precious metal versions of enterprise and enterprise uh, accountant as well. Um, if you do download the slides, I did link to some of the Intuit uh, support articles uh, about that. Uh, but let's talk a little bit about the depreciation, depreciating assets in QuickBooks Desktop. First thing you want to make sure you do properly is set up your company uh, inside of QuickBooks Desktop to make sure that the tax form, uh, the proper tax form is selected. Uh, because as the manager uh, allows you to do, it will post uh, to the right uh, tax form line. Uh, so you want to make sure that your tax form is selected in your company settings, uh, that that's set up properly. And then inside of QuickBooks Desktop has a fixed asset item list, uh, which as you see here on the screenshot, um, it's a little bit different than any other type of item that you set up inside of inside of QuickBooks, right? So the only thing you can specify here is the asset account. Uh, so we, we set up a, uh, a Ford 350, um, you know, truck. Um, you would uh, specify the asset account uh, that it points to. Uh, so that when you use that item on transactions, uh, it will affect that asset account. Uh, so typically, the only reason that you're setting up the, the fixed asset uh, item is, is to be able to set, uh, you know, use it in transactions to, for the originating uh, transaction, whatever that happens to be. You bought the truck, you disposed of the truck. Uh, you're going to use these uh, fixed asset items on, on transactions. Uh, and it'll give you a lot more detail of what you can put in there as far as, um, you know, the description, where it's located, if there's a purchase order number, uh, the serial number for warranty purposes and, and those types of things. And when that uh, when that expires as well, some notes. Uh, so that is available from the uh, items or the list uh, drop down menu inside of QuickBooks. Um, and then setting up your accounts is like the next step. The next thing that you want to do inside of um, inside of QuickBooks. Um, you can be as general general as you as you want, or you can be as specific. Uh, now, Ash, um, what is, a, is there a best practice when it comes to setting up a chart of accounts uh, to be general or specific, or, or does it depend? Well, in, if we're talking about QuickBooks Online, then you need to really want to try to keep it as minimal as possible. So it seems like if, it, if in desktop you need a, a different as, uh, category for each asset, uh, you can end up with pages and pages of chart of account categories, which you really want to avoid. I, I definitely would want to avoid that. If I'm running a balance sheet report, I just want fixed assets to have you know half a dozen categories maybe. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because uh, the, the default chart of accounts will have these fixed assets where it's automobiles and trucks, and then they'll office furniture and, and those types of things in categories. Uh, but uh, you can get as granular as you as you want uh, inside a desktop because, of course, there's no limitation uh, on the, <laughs> the number of accounts that you can uh, do. But there's typically a practical limitation when it comes to, um, you know, seeing those those final balance sheets, uh, you know, if it's 14 pages or not. Right. Yeah, definitely. I mean, 
um, yeah, within desktop, what happened within QuickBooks Online, I know you can expand and collapse your categories, but from uh, an accountant's point of view, because I've worked sort of on both sides of the fence, if I were connecting this to my you know, tax preparation software, and then I've got to possibly map every chart of account code to my tax preparation software, then you end up with loads of things that you've got to check. And, you know, so less is more sometimes. Makes sense. Makes sense. Um, and then you access your fi the fixed asset manager in QuickBooks desktop from uh, the company menu, or if you're using the uh, accountant versions, it'll be under the accountant menu, uh, but all the way down that near the bottom there, managed uh, fixed assets. Um, and then uh, in the slides is, is a, an article about uh, setting up and using uh, the, the fixed asset manager. Uh, but when you start the manager, the first thing it's going to say is, what do you want to do? What do you want to create a new fixed asset manager client or transfer from a prior uh, fixed asset manager client? Or if you're using the accountant's review, um, you know, and, and they send you their period copy uh, and, you, and you're managing the fixed assets in your accountant edition, you can reconnect uh, to, uh, to the fixed asset manager client file or you can restore uh, a current year uh, Quick, uh, QuickBooks Fixed Asset Manager client file. Now, a point of um, note here, and I think I may have may have mentioned it, but um, it's in these articles that are referenced here where you're transferring a prior year or restoring a, a current year. If you skip versions, so like, you know, typically, you know, a lot of clients do things when they have to. Um, if they're, you know, if they re, um, or if they uh, let their QuickBooks desktop uh, version of 2020, which is, uh, you know, about to be discontinued this, this coming year. Uh, and then they leap to, you know, 2023. Uh, there is a process when it comes to managing fixed asset, the fixed asset manager, when you're leapfrogging over different versions, uh, you want to st uh, baby step it uh, into the, the next version. Um, and they might have taken care of that, but uh, that used to be the, always the, the case that if you're managing fixed assets on your version of, of QuickBooks um, uh, Accountant Edition and the leapfrog over years versions, uh, there was always a, a, a challenge of reconnecting or restoring uh, those. So it's just something to keep in mind. And, and that's why we keep the, you know, uh, uh, linking the, the articles so that you have the, the latest information there. But when you do set up a new client, um, first will be the some of the general information about, uh, about the client uh, and then your client dates. Um, you know, whatever that, uh, you know, fiscal year or, or uh, calendar year. Um, and then the different bases, uh, bases, base, base. What is the plural of bases? Is it base? 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 You just say uh, it really fast and keep going. <laughs> yeah, the different bases. Bases. <laughs> um, Whichever one you want to use, utilize uh, for for depreciating the assets, um, they're going to be uh, available there. Um, and then um, your different uh, default methods, whatever that happens uh, to be. And then what you want to do with your asset synchronization options. So if you are connecting between uh, the desktop and and uh, the fixed asset manager automatically synchronize those uh, every time it opens, both new and so you just have some options there, but as well as uh, manually 
you can do that as as well. Uh, so this is what uh, this is what fixed asset manager looks like. Um, this the history of fixed asset manager is it uh, it actually is a pro series um, add on uh, for the tax product, and um, basically every year. Uh, if there's any changes uh, to to that, uh, the tax product, they take it, you know, code for code, right, and just put it into in, into QuickBooks. Uh, so there really isn't, um, you know, much to update or or concern with as long as you're using that version of, of QuickBooks. It has the right version of the fixed asset manager, um, you know, the the tax years version of, of fixed asset manager. But this is what it looks like at the top is uh, the general uh, asset information. Um, and then down at the bottom is your basis uh, of depreciation. Uh, so anything that is uh, synchronized uh, between the desktop and uh, QuickBooks desktop and, and fixed asset manager will flow in here. Um, as long as you're using your, uh, you know, your fixed asset uh, items or at least just those, um, uh, those, those accounts are, are mapped because then you have, uh, the option to, you know, to use the fixed asset manager manager to calculate the depreciation um, from uh, from the file menu or for uh, from the, from one of the menus inside of fixed asset manager will be the uh, option to assign your general ledger accounts to assets, um, and it's really just your your asset mapping uh, for each of those. Uh, so inside of the asset itself. You'll be able to be as specific or general as you as you may have already set up on your chart of accounts. So that's why it's important to set up your chart of accounts properly first before connecting to the fixed asset manager. And then there's a support article uh, as well, um, because this this really hasn't changed um, from from year to year. Um, you know, as far as how how you use it and work with it. Uh, but then when it comes to comes to the comes time to your year end activities. Uh, then you would just have this QuickBooks uh, option at the top of your uh, fixed asset manager and you choose the post journal entries to QuickBooks. Um, and then based off of the basis that you specified and the accounts that you've mapped, uh, it will come up with a, uh, with a dollar amount uh, based off of that uh, depreciated expense and the accumulated depreciation and make those journal entries for you. Uh, that is the goal. <laughs> right and uh, uh from my experience and uh, i know landon uh is uh, my colleague and he's he's in the the chat it either works or doesn't <laughs> and if it doesn't uh there's there's a lot of unpacking right because it it, it all comes down to a lot of those things of, of what you've uh, what you've specified in the in, in the, the setup uh, so i'm going to launch another poll um you know so this is uh Finding out whether you're the ashes of the world, <laughs> do you depreciate assets, or if you're the Michelles of the world, where I don't. <laughs> and that's what I remember, Dan, was that with FAM, and that, you know, I always just call it FAM for short, the fixed asset manager. With FAM, if you took the time and dedication to set it up correctly, because as you saw with all those screenshots you just had in there, there are a lot of details and a lot of time in setting up all the assets correctly. And if the client had a lot of assets, it took a lot of time to set it up properly. If someone took the time to set it all up properly and correctly and maintain it year after year, it was wonderful. 
But what would happen is things would get messed up and then it was a nightmare and trying to debug it and fix it was a nightmare. And that's why, you know, a lot of times, a lot of clients, you know, we just didn't use it for, um, you know, and, and we would turn to the tax prep depreciation schedules, um, you know, because they have to maintain them for tax purposes. Whereas on the accounting side, it was easy to just turn to the tax people and say, hey, can we get the depreciation from you all? It was just easier. So, yeah. And that's um, that's what I'm seeing here in the um, in the poll here is that uh, a lot of people will do it. Uh, there's a lot of ashes of the world there uh, in, mm-hmm. in, in our audience today. Yeah, I do it all soup to nuts uh, or, you know, in, in what you just said there is I just get enter the, the journal entries that the tax accountant tells me to. Um, yeah. And then just post those uh, post those appropriate as appropriately. So I did uh, stop sharing. Uh, one so of the things that turn, go ahead. I was just going to say one of the things that is important, I think, for us as the accounting professionals, if we're not doing the taxes or whatever, we have the closer relationship. Sometimes, not always, where we can talk to the client about what did you purchase, or you know, a lot of times if we say, hey, did you dispose of any asset? The client thinks of, well, did we sell anything? But you know, did anything get dis- damaged or destroyed or put out of business or whatever? We can help uncover some of that. You know, maybe a little easier sometimes to pass that information along to the tax person. So we can help with some of that aspect of things too. Good point. Good point. So let's uh, kind of turn things over to to Ash because he's going to talk talk us through the um, you know the, the the finer finer points of, of mm-hmm. QuickBooks Online um, and and when it comes to fixed assets. Cool, thanks, Dan. I was checking you can see my screen, okay? Yep. yep. Perfect. Yeah. So I mean, I've done lots of QuickBooks training. I use QuickBooks Online for a, a long time, and yeah, I worked in accountancy practice, and one of the things I always had to do was fixed asset. Uh, schedules at the end of every year Um, and it's a repetitive task you know looking at spreadsheets copying data from one year to another and then bringing in what's happened in this current year calculating the depreciation and uh, I basically wanted to get rid of having to do it at all Um, so the software could pretty much automate as much as possible uh, and at the same time uh, try and make it as easy to use as possible because um, well, if anything's complicated, then no one wants to do it, basically. Um, so if I, yeah, if we're just looking at what we do in QuickBooks Online at the moment, as you said earlier, there isn't very much you can do uh, apart from create chart account categories, possibly for all of your assets. Uh, that, you know, as we've mentioned, you know, you can end up with stacks and stacks of chart of account categories. Uh, you might possibly... Um, I've heard of people that might use the products and services even to try to create a, a fixed asset within there, but that doesn't really create any journal entries for you. That's just going to give you a list, uh, possibly. So QuickBooks Online on its own for fixed assets, uh, there's not a lot you can do. So if I just come on to my – so this is a dashboard of a file that's already set up on the slide, and I haven't put loads of slides together – but how it works essentially is that when you connect QuickBooks Online to NetTracker, it will take you through some steps of what you need to do. And one of them is, you know, what uh, asset groups are you using, plant and machinery, uh, computer software, fixtures and fittings. So if you've got those different asset groups, then you choose what 
chart of account codes are you using back in QuickBooks Online? So again, you, we want to try to keep them as minimal as possible. So you might only have the three uh, for the where the costs are purchased, plant machinery, fiction fittings, computer equipment. You might have one code for accumulated depreciation. And you can map those chart of account categories uh, to the asset groups that we've set up in NetTracker. And what that would do is that if we purchase a new asset, so if I've created a supply bill or an expense in QuickBooks, NetTracker will detect that as a new asset that you've purchased. And based upon the settings, you can actually automatically go onto your asset register. And based on your settings as well, if you put a default depreciation rule um, for a particular asset group, it will automatically apply that rule and it can start you know, calculating the monthly depreciation and it will start posting that depreciation every month. So it's not just a year-end adjustment, it's something that will happen every month because if you are a large business and you perhaps need to report to the directors each month or perhaps you've got a large overdraft facility and you need to report to the bank every month, um, for management account purposes, you really want your accounts to be, you know, fully up to date and not just have these large adjustments at the uh, at the end of the year. So when you have now, um, I got uh, something to add here, Ash. Now for the for the astute uh, members of our audience uh, listening to your accent and those that are seeing the screenshot of the uh, of the pound, <laughs> one would one would assume you are not in the United States. Um, <laughs> Does does Net Tracker, you know, is it is it only for one one particular region, uh, or is it is it global? It's it's completely global. So actually, uh, the majority of our customers are based in the U.S. Um, the second largest customer base are in Canada. Uh, we've got users in uh, South Africa, in New Zealand, Australia. Uh, pretty much anywhere where there is a QuickBooks online subscription, somebody can use use uh, use the software. And if you're based in the US, then you'll have a dollar sign, not a pound sign. And uh, our dates are, you know, so our, our dates are um, day, month, year. Um, when you're in the US, you'll have the month, day, year instead. Because um, I always have to think about that. I get asked it quite a bit. Um, so based upon the, the sort of mappings that you've got in place, so here's the, an example of transactions. Um, so you don't have to have everything fully automated. You can log into NetTrack and use it as and when. Um, so if I had, like on that example, if I had created a supplier bill or an expense and I'd put it to fixtures and fittings and purchase some uh, desks and uh, equipment, then NetTracker will identify that as a purchase coded to your fixed asset category. And I would simply click on the pending option and that would automatically add that to my uh, fixed asset register. If I, again, if I had it in the settings, uh, I can choose to automatically add uh, and I can set a threshold. So don't add anything to the asset register if it's less than $2,000, for example, if that's uh, if that's your sort of um, uh, limit that you put into place. And that's what the fixed asset register pretty much looks like. Um, you could have, you'll have a section for each of your asset groups. So there I've got computer equipment, motor vehicles uh, and office furniture. So I'll have the description of each asset. Um, I can use class tracking in uh, NetTracker. Uh, the location 
it's the text field. So currently it's not linked to the locations in QuickBooks, but the class is. So if you are using class uh, in QuickBooks Online, the journals will be adjusted by class as well as your account category. So you can see the, you know, the asset when it was purchased, um, the cost that was brought forward in this financial year, what the purchases are in the current year, what the depreciation has been charged for in the current year, what was brought forward from the previous year. You can see your net book value. Uh, you can set a salvage value. So if you don't want the value or the asset to depreciate below a set value, you just add your salvage uh, value in there and it will just keep going down until you've got your, uh, your, your set value there. Uh, any questions at all on that asset register screen? All good at the moment? No, I I think we're I think we're good to continue. I think I think what what is um you know noteworthy here is that you know you really understood the problem because you lived it. And and this is this is a solution that you you know you you built a better mousetrap for yourself and now it's a um you know it's 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 available for for other people to use too. So but but you really understand. I mean, clearly, you know, in the 10 minutes you've been talking, <laughs> the, the the challenges that accountants, uh, you know, face with, with uh, you know, basically with uh, with QuickBooks Online that nothing exists uh, to, to help people, uh, this this actually does. And it does a lot more than than just the, the, the fixed asset managing component of that. Right. Yeah. Um, uh, well, well, in in this particular screen, I mean, this is just for like the one uh, for the one year uh, here. Now, there is a there's a full year end process, and I, I won't go all through that. But there, you can sort of see on my screen. There's a, there's a little yellow box. There's that would be a calendar box. So if you've been using NetTracker for more than one year, uh, you could go back and look at what is the fixed asset register for the previous year. So when you run through the year end process, it will roll all the figures forward for you. Um, uh, as it should. So just like I used to do on an Excel spreadsheet, uh, but everything gets fully automated. If I'm looking at um, the depreciation, so as we add our assets, it will start calculating what the depreciation should be on every month, depending on the rule that I have in place. So where it's in green, it would mean that the asset has had the journal posted into QuickBooks Online. And where it's in blue, it means that you know, I've not reached those month ends yet. So the journals haven't actually been uh, posted. Uh, and you can actually download that into Excel as well. If you're sort of working on budgets and you want to see what is your depreciation charge going to be every month for this financial year, you can uh, download that uh, quite easily. A couple of questions uh, popped up here. Does it have to be connected to a QuickBooks Online subscription or can it be used as a, as a standalone you can use it you can use it completely standalone so we uh do have a few customers that actually uh use QuickBooks desktop and we don't connect to QuickBooks desktop but they quite like um using our you know asset manager if you like and they'll um they'll add the assets manually or you can actually uh import the assets you know through a csv file so when you actually use NetTracker from the beginning of a financial year. If you've been using assets um, on a spreadsheet for the last three or four years, and you've got your net book values and your well, your uh, your original cost and your accumulated depreciation um, as per the end of your last financial year, you put it into one of our well, into our template, uh, and you can import all the values. And you can actually do that, you know, 
So if you're a desktop user and you just think, well, I'll run a report and see all of the assets that I purchased this year, you could then copy those into yeah. Excel and import them. Like if you're having a difficulty bringing in or connecting the fixed asset manager because they skipped years or something like that, and you just want to say, well, I'm, I'm done with you, fixed asset manager. I want to use this instead. You could you have an option for that as well. Yeah, the, 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 the options there. Uh, that was my last. I mean, I can actually go, if, uh, go into, uh, in the, if we have time, I can go into product. Uh, if anyone's got any questions, I can actually open it up live. Okay, let's uh, let's save the demo for for the very end. Uh, so let's launch this uh, next uh, poll question: uh, Do you calculate and create prepaid income and expenses? Uh, so things like um, like what would be the example uh, here, Ash, for for those types of things? So a very a very common one is um, yeah, someone might pay their uh, insurance on an annual basis. So they'll have one insurance bill, and they'll go and they'll pay. Uh, a year's worth of things. So John should put something Jonathan's put in straight away. Must have been thinking the same thing. Uh, you've got a year's worth of insurance and you want to spread it over uh, 12 months. Perhaps you've subscribed to an annual maintenance contract um, and you have to pay that 12 months in advance. So, you know, all of a sudden you've got a, a year's worth that might have gone straight into the profit, a loss, and now you've got to spread it over 12 months. And um, if you're doing that manually or trying to keep a track on the adjustments that you need to make it, uh, it's, it can be painful. Uh, and from an accountant's point of view, if you if someone's made adjustments and those adjustments are sitting on the balance sheet, then you might look at your balance sheet in yeah. online and you think, what does that value? There's a lot of value in there that says prepayments or prepaid insurance. But all you see, if you look at the, the detailed report, is just lists of entries or journal entries. And you don't actually know whether it relates to this year or last year. So it's, um, it, can, it can be uh, can take some unraveling. Um, we do have a couple. Oh, let me go ahead and just end the poll here. It's so looking at the... Most, most people do, about 71% uh, still running these... Uh, uh, prepaid uh, expense or, or journal entries. And we have a. So let's continue on and oh, go ahead. Can we ask a question? Shirley had a question. Can you adjust the prior year once you have started a new tax year? So let's say you realize you, you had a mistake in a prior year. Um, can you adjust a prior year once you've already started a new tax year? So it's a very good question. And it's something. <laughs> so currently, the answer to that is uh, no. Um, what you can do, so if I've brought forward assets from uh, 2021 uh, and now I'm there in 2022 and I needed to make a change, uh, what we have the ability to do is you can delete an asset out um, and you could add it back manually with your what the depreciate the cost and what the depreciation should have been um, and you can make a manual adjustment for that so you you can there is a, a workaround we are actually investigating ways in which we can sort of perhaps change our year-end process that's uh, something that requires quite a lot of thought on our part because we sort of kept it strict for a reason to stop people from uh, changing the year in, <laughs> thinking that uh, once the accounts have been filed, we don't want anything to be changed. Um, but now we are discovering some people like to roll the year forward, perhaps before the year 
the accounts have been filed. So uh, perhaps we need to sort of relax it a little bit and uh, just change the way some of the features work. But that's uh, on our to-do list. Gotcha. Yeah, and then, Thank you. And then Rich just asked, um, you know, what happens if you pay for a machine in 2022, but it's not going into the service until 2023? Uh, yeah, excellent. Not... One. So, uh, yeah, we have a feature for that where you can um, tick a box to say defer depreciation, and then you um, you can go back when or as and when you're ready, you can click a button to start the depreciation. Or if you know for a fact when that depreciation is to start, so you think, well, actually, I'm paying for it now, but it's going to be installed on uh, the you know 15th of February 2023, then you could say, well, that's the depreciation start date, and it will start rolling from that time. Great. Well, let's, uh, let's continue on into some of the other uh, features of, uh, of NetTracker. Yeah, cool. Um, so in March, we released the prepayments in the accruals feature. Um, again, just to really monitor all the adjustments that we make um, to make that those journal adjustments happen for us. And at the same time, uh, to you know keep a, a hold of statements, very much like a fixed asset register, uh, that will list the balance of the adjustments made. And those balances should agree back to the balance sheet. So if I just... Just take a look at a couple of slides that I've got uh, for this. So at the bottom of the dashboard, I will have a summary of prepaid expenses, accrued expenses. I've got accrued income. I could have one there for deferred income as well. And that tells me just from that screen, that's the current balance on my statement that says I've got £17,000 worth of prepaid expenses. And that is the value of that particular account back in the balance sheet. So those two accounts should always be uh, in line. And if I'm looking at uh, that particular account for prepaid expenses, so this one uh, shows me uh, that I've got, or I did have prepaid magazine subscriptions and I had some insurance that was originally uh, prepaid. Uh, they've been fully released you know, from the balance sheet back to the profit and loss of their marks is complete. Whereas below that, I've got an annual subscription and another annual insurance charge where that was the original cost of 50,000 where I've been invoiced in one hit. And now I am releasing that back to the profit and loss on a monthly charge. Um, how much has been released so far? What is left to be released back to the profit and loss? So whatever is in this prepayment balance, adds up to my total balance of prepayments and that agrees back to the balance sheet. And I can do the same with accrual. So um, it's not as common now, but uh, a few years ago when I worked for an accounting firm, quite often they would charge their accountants if just on an annual basis. So they'd prepare the accounts, they would you know, charge once the job had been done. Many people charge monthly now. Um, now, what you can do, you could create an accounting accrual. So if you think, well, actually, I know my accountant is going to charge me, you know, uh, $3,000 at the end of the year, I could put an accrual in at the beginning of the year that will start accruing what that likely fee is going to be. So every month, it's going to put $250 into the uh, profit and loss, it will go into the balance sheet. And when it gets to the end of the year, there'll be an accrual sitting in there for $3,000. I can then choose when that uh, charge hits the profit loss, um, 
to release it so that I won't get that 3,000 charge in one month. It will release it automatically for me, do all of the journal entries uh, that I need NetTracker to do. And if I uh, look at this little forecast, so just like I have a depreciation forecast, I've got a, a, a forecast of the entries that um, my uh, prepayments have made. So that can, I can see every month what journals have happened in the green. Um, in this example, the original cost was put directly to uh, the profit and loss. So now I took it out of the profit and loss with a uh, with a few clicks, and now it's been released back. And the same with that large insurance one. If you if you have posted something directly to the balance sheet for prepayments, then um, there's a tick box that we can add. You know, as you put the prepayment on, so it will only do the one journal adjustment. I think that might be my last little slide on, on that one. Yeah, so. Perfect. So um, questions that have been popping up here. Um, can, can you do uh, quarterly adjustments or is it just uh, only uh, annual or monthly? So, so the adjustments are only set monthly. Um, so you uh, create either your fixed asset or your prepayment and it will do the, the, the adjustments always on a monthly basis. We are currently looking at uh, possible options of, of changing it. But to be honest, if, you, if you're doing quarterly management reports, it's just three months worth. So it's, uh, uh, it doesn't make too much difference. Any other questions? I could see um, the accruals and the fixed asset register. Uh, it's all under one subscription. So there's no additional charge for the accruals feature, it's all it's all within one. Yeah, uh, Lawrence asked, is there any planned ability to export this to uh, PTO, which would be uh, pro, I think he's talking uh, pro tax pro online. Connect. Yeah, pro, pro connect, connect tax, tax online. online. Yeah. Not, not, not paid time off. <laughs> uh, no, not at the moment. So uh, we, we don't have any current plans to, but it's something that we could possibly uh, consider if we we had enough um, uh, you know enough requests we might well, look at it. And the thing with that, because as I was thinking about that, if if you don't have a direct connection to ProConnect Tax Online, if they are using QuickBooks Online, QBO does go to ProConnect Tax Online. So to the extent that they could take Net Tracker and post it to QBO, then from QBO they can go to PTO. Yeah, that's what I was thinking as well. Yeah, yeah. like if you're if you're bringing it to QB to QBO, then it yeah. has a direct connection. You know, export to uh, to to Pro Pro Connect Tax Online. Yeah. Uh, but since somebody since somebody mentioned PTO and you have uh, accrued expenses, does this work for you know sal you know accrued salaries? Because I know that's a, that's a common uh, common question when it comes to um, you know can you know because uh, payroll is is all cash basis, right? It, it doesn't affect the, the the balance sheet or anything until it's, you actually run the paycheck. But you know you've got the 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 pay period. Uh, does that does that does this work for that, or is it different for um, no, you know you, accrued uh, expenses? Yeah, you can pretty much accrue um, anything you like. So in that example that you mentioned there, Dan, is so. Um, 
I, uh, although I, I pretty much wound down my bookkeeping practice, so I, I had my own bookkeeping practice for you know probably <laughs> about ten years. Um, but there's still one company that I uh, still help out because I've been working with them uh, for years, and I've got net trackers set up with them, and they pay commissions uh, to their sales uh, team uh, usually every quarter. Uh, so that means that that can possibly distort one of the months because there's a, a huge commission payment that goes out in one quarter. But what I would do to smooth out my management reporting is that I would create an accrual based upon what I've paid them in three months' time, and that will then feed into the profit and loss for commission due for those you know three months prior. Got it. Let's see some other uh, questions here. Um, a little bit about the the subscription cost. You want to talk a little bit about you know how uh, what your pricing model is? Yeah. So this the the pricing model is uh, it's fixed at. Um, so if you're uh, just one company, so we have in fact the majority of our users are uh, accountants in industry, so they just work for one company. So if you just got one company then the charge is £15 a month. Uh, there's no limit on users, so it's unlimited amount of users, and there's no limit on the number of assets that go in. Um, if you then, where it benefits accountants, uh, bookkeepers, if you then add your second company, uh, the second company is an extra £2.50. Uh, all of our pricing currently is just in pounds, but with the exchange rate as it is at the moment, there's not a lot of difference in it. So that's probably going to be $16 perhaps and an extra $3 for an extra company. Um, when you get up to 10 companies, um, then you, uh, so instead of the, the, the 11th company would be like an extra two pounds. So probably just over an extra couple of dollars for company number 11. So it's, it's tiered. So the more companies that are added, the cost per company, on if you average it out, becomes a lot less. So we do have some uh, large practices that you know have subscribed where they're you know basically it's cost them you know well under a dollar a company on average, probably about sixty cents a company per month. I know um, I know Jonathan asked you know if that would be uh, is there some margin for for that. Um, at 60 cents, I think that's pretty uh, pretty good margin that you be able to add that to your services, uh, your suite of services inside of uh, QBO. Yeah, I mean, but you could make a fantastic margin on it, really. Sometimes <laughs> I think we probably underpriced it. But um, and, and with the fixed assets, I mean, it is possible. If you're only monitoring fixed assets uh, and you're not looking at the prepayments and the accruals, it is possible to set it up at the beginning of the year and literally walk away from it until 12 months' time. Because every month the asset will go on. Every month the depreciation will be posted. Um, so when it gets to the end of the financial year, you receive an email to say, your company has re reached the end of its financial year. Uh, you ought to log in and review your assets, basically. And then once you're happy and you've checked everything, uh, you could invite your client to uh, look at the asset register because you can add as many users as you'd like or download it into Excel. Then once you're happy, you move the year and forward until you look at it again in 12 months' time. 
and um, and I may be um, jumping the gun a little bit, but I, I and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think you were saying you're you're having like an all you can eat uh, a version where it's it's unlimited clients, or is it all still uh, based on? Yeah, so we've not sort of published it yet. Uh, we've not published it oh, yet. Oh, I'm sorry. But, we, um, but no, that's, that's absolutely fine. But we are, um, uh, we, we, we will be, you know, offering, you know, if, if people sort of contact us, um, so the all you can eat, basically as many clients as you'd like, as many users as you'd like, and that would be an annual subscription of 1995. So if you've, you know, uh, if, I think if you've got sort of 300 clients, um then that works out about six pounds or probably six, seven dollars a year per client. Uh, if you've added 500, it's going to be less than that uh, per client because obviously it's, it's just unlimited for the one fixed annual charge. Why don't you um, take us on a little tour? Of, yeah. Uh... yeah, sure. Uh, I'll just make sure we've um, um, Yeah, we've got that time, haven't we? Uh, so let me just come into my... Uh, bear with me, I shall just uh, pause my screen for a second while I come out of that. Uh, here we go. So there is my uh, so my net tracker file. So if I look at this dashboard in this file now, I can see that I've got a balance sheet value, 195,000. I've got my asset register value, 115,000. So I just before we started earlier, I stuck a couple of uh, new assets um, into QuickBooks. So they've come through automatically. I can choose to click pending, uh, create the asset. Uh, I've put a class on that. So I just add that one in there. And most of the stuff's come through from QuickBooks. Uh, I can change very little here, really, apart from the depreciation rule that's come through. There's the option to defer depreciation if I wanted to start it at a later time. So I can just click OK to add that one, and I'll just do the same uh, very quickly for this one. So if I were looking at my asset register, and just come into motor vehicles, so there is that Tesla that I've just added at 78,000. I've not put any depreciation uh, through. Now, if I look at my depreciation forecast, there is the Tesla that I've just purchased in, in this particular month, so I'm not due to, to run that through. Where if I look at, actually, the computer equipment, expand that so there is my macbook i purchased that now i coded that after i'd actually put the depreciation through to the end of october that was purchased in september so that's in red indicating that it's overdue but i could go back to the dashboard um, process again to the end of the previous month and that will just create a journal uh, back in QuickBooks that will just update just for the asset that was missed previously. So it will bring everything back into line as it needs to. 
does it create uh, like one big journal entry for um, you know for the for the depreciation or for each individual asset? It would create its own. It creates uh, one journal. one uh, journal. So if I look at one of these ones here for the at the end for the end of October, oh, that's what, oh that's another one that I could put a few extra assets in. But you just get one one line per asset group. So if you've got a thousand okay. assets and only three asset groups, you'll have six lines because you'll have one okay. for the uh, balance sheet and one for the profit and loss for each asset group. So it, you won't um, get overloaded <laughs> with transaction lines on your, because I know what QuickBooks doesn't like too many entries um, on, on an account because it can slow things down if you're trying to pull off reports. Uh, I've learned that. Um, so if I come back uh, within my uh, net tracker file, so there are my prepaid expenses and my accrued expenses. Um, so if I'm looking at that list of accrued expenses of what I've currently got uh, sat in here, so I've got repairs to be accrued, I've got accounting fees. So they're currently active and putting adjustments through every single month. If I had received the bill for those costs and I've got the options there to release that accrual, which will literally just create a journal to move the values back out of the balance sheet and put them uh, to the profit and loss to offset any costs as they come through. And again, that's my, uh, I can look at my previous years from in there. I can download all of these into, uh, into Excel. If there is a uh, one of the questions from from Chris here is if there is a closing date uh, password uh, on the QuickBooks file, does it does it error out? Does it give you a message, great, great, or does it go through? Great, great question. So currently, if if I were uh, running the depreciation to the end of October, um, and someone had you know closed that month after that, um, the journal at the moment will still it will still happen but it will date it to day's date instead of the month that it relates to. So that is something to bear in mind uh, if someone, um, you know, has posted something, they'll say, like, why does my depreciation all appear in one month? That would be why. Got it. That's a, that's a good, uh, good, good safety tip. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, is there, can you get to the transaction from NetTracker or is it, uh, just looking in like the audit log uh, and, and look. yeah, it's something we are uh, considering, but at the moment it's just the, um, you just see the line item. So if I click on an entry in uh, net tracker, it won't take me back into QuickBooks to look at the, the original posting. If I am looking at the, the asset register, for example, I can look at, uh, there's like a little audit trail. So I can see everything that sort of happened against a particular asset. So these are all the journal entries that uh, have happened uh, over time. I've got a little summary of the information of the asset uh, as well from that particular screen. I think well, I know we're close to time. So I'll, uh, if, if there's any other questions, I mean, I'm, I don't have to shoot off or anything, but I don't, I don't, I don't, perhaps don't want to run over. Um, yeah. But anyone can always uh, contact me from uh, through the, you know, through the website and ask me any questions at any time and I'll sort of get back as soon as I can. What, what would be the best way for somebody to get started uh, using that tracker? Is there, um, should they sign up for a trial or? 
yeah, so just coming back to my to those slides there. So you can create an account um, either if you go to you know, app.net-tracker.com from the login page, or if you choose the option to launch an app from our website, it will take you then to the login page. And on the right of the screen, there is an option there to join us where you can sort of uh, click join. There's also options below that to say, yeah, create an account with uh, your Intuit login. And if you, you're not a user at the moment, um, it will automatically create a user login account for you. And then you just follow the on-screen instructions to create the rest of the account. You don't need to put any uh, credit card details in uh, at all at that point. And if you, uh, if anyone that's uh, watching the webinar uh, wants to try it out, it's completely free to trial for 10 days anyway. Uh, but, you know, uh, watchers of this uh, webinar, um, if you create a support ticket, which is easy to do from, uh, from the account area or from the help area, help and support, <clears throat> you can put in there, you need help with subscription billing, put in there, QuickBooks Power Hour trial extension will extend that trial to 45 days to give you plenty of time to have a sort of a, a play around and a feel for how the software works. And that, and that covers the year end, right? It takes them over the year end uh, if they were to do it uh, today. Yeah, I mean, you it is possible within the, the uh, within the within the ten days you could you know you could if you were if you were naughty you could do you could do a year and you could do a year's worth of accounts uh, and not actually uh, you know pay us for the software. Of course, um, after the trial expires, um, you would need to start the whole lot again, um, and it would scrap. But we probably we do keep a. a so a, a list of who has used it before. So if someone came back and thought they'd try it and do their second year for free, uh, that wouldn't happen. And, yeah, and don't, Ash, don't give the coin uh, yeah, don't give the don't give a don't give it away. <laughs> <laughs> and Ash, I'm I'm sure that that it does this, but just to reiterate, Stacy wanted to confirm that it does calculate book and tax depreciation for the same asset. Uh, that's a good question. Uh, at the moment, no, it doesn't. Now, what you oh, can it does. do, so um, we have some users that just use book depreciation um, because they're interested in the financial statements and they want to make sure their assets remain with a value. You know, if you're coding everything to Section 179 and writing the cost off completely um, on the asset register, it wouldn't have a value. Now, what you can do is um, you can use one file as the as the uh, the book account, if you like, and that's connected to your QuickBooks file, you could create another standalone file uh, and monitor your uh, tax depreciation through that, which is not connected to QuickBooks. And you could import your assets through the CSV once a year to look at what your asset purchases have been over that last year. Gotcha. And then also, does NetTracker respect the QBO closing date password, or will it override that and post to a closed period? Um, yeah, that was a great question. I think we just uh, had a similar. If the closing date is set and we're trying to create a journal uh, prior to the closing date, um, it will still post the journal, but it would post it with today's date and not a date in the previous period. Okay. And then a very important one here. 
Do you have a cousin who played rugby league for the NSW Eastern Suburbs? <laughs> uh, no, I don't. I don't have a cousin that played for the rugby league. Okay. <laughs> that was really an important oh, I, question. Yeah, yeah. great question. I'm not sure who I perhaps I must look like somebody, but I don't have no <laughs> idea who that who that is. Well, I did uh, did launch the last poll question. Did you learn something new today? It looks like a lot of people, you know, picked up uh, some some new things here today. I appreciate you uh, you answering, uh, and and Asher definitely was uh, helpful to have you uh, guide us through uh, the things that you can do in Net Tracker uh, for for a lot of accountants and bookkeepers. Uh, you're getting some rave reviews already for those uh, that have joined us that that have uh, talked to you before. Uh, that you're very responsive. Uh, so I appreciate you coming on uh, the QB Power Hour and, and giving accountants and bookkeepers uh, an option when it comes to uh, managing some of these um, assets as well as uh, accrued and, and deferred expenses. Oh, it's been an absolute pleasure. Uh, great to be on. Uh, I'll come back anytime. You want to ask me anything else? Not just fixed assets. <laughs> on, uh, I'm sure I can help with right. something else, maybe. As long as it's not rugby related, uh, I think we'll be okay. <laughs> yeah. Very awesome. Thank you, Ash, for sharing that with us. Very impressive. Okay, which is nice. And, uh, my screen or leave that one up. Yeah, you can you can stop sharing uh, your screen. Or we're we're coming in for a landing here. We appreciate <laughs> uh, you all joining us here on the on the QB Power Hour, and hope you have a wonderful uh, Thanksgiving, uh, Michelle. I am thankful every day that we bumped into each other uh, at QB Connect, and uh, also thankful that I bumped into uh, Ash at Scaling New Heights. So, uh, look forward to getting together at uh, at QuickBooks Connect coming up. Yes, yes. Thank you, everybody. Have a great Thanksgiving. Thanks. Take care. Bye. We hope you enjoyed listening to the QB Power Hour podcast. If you have any questions, feel free to ask them in our Facebook group. You can find those resources and much more at qbpowerhour.com.